0: up and welcome back to the box office preview podcast a production of the onstage blog podcast network i am your host greg Earhart. my co-host today if he had the infinity gauntlet he would use it to remove at least half of adam sandler movies from existence on screen chief critic extraordinaire ken jones ken how are you I'm good. Half is generous. <laughs> what well, do you think? Ninety percent, if you if you could.
1: <laughs> uh, yeah, probably most of everything past like 2005 or so, and some of the uh, earlier stuff. But,
0: yeah. I think you know, yeah. obviously, the world did not celebrate Thanos for for wiping a half of humanity. I think the world would celebrate you if that's what you used the gauntlet for. You know, if that was if you know the gauntlet destroyed after that, you know, and and that's what your one burp use was for. I agree. You uh, I'm, you I'm the
1: savior the universe needs,
0: <laughs> not the
1: one it deserves.
0: So we're back after uh, one week respite. Um, we we took Hellboy week off, and I think that was prescient on our part because Hellboy... Um, what do you think, Ken? A stink bomb? It a, a, uh, s- uh, how would you... It was... More than a tank and more than a bomb. Maybe a a grade A stink bomb. An opening weekend doing uh, just what, uh, what <laughs> Twelve million. Twelve million opening Ooh. weekend, which is lower than both of its um, predecessors before uh, before that, which was obviously in a very different era. Um, this was an unequivocal disaster. <laughs> um, probably I don't think. People expected the movie to be this bad. I think the movie ended up with fifteen percent Rotten Tomatoes, but mm. I think even the most generous aspects had this at you know maybe twenty million uh, opening weekend. Um, Ken, is Hellboy dead for good, or at least dead for the next fifteen years? What was your What was your take from uh, its disaster, disastrous opening weekend?
1: Yeah, not good. I mean, I. I kind of was hoping that Guillermo del Toro would have eventually done like a a third movie and completed a trilogy, so to speak. Yeah. Uh, But I I don't know what you do with the character after this. I mean, there's it, as far as I know, he doesn't exist in like (laughs) any shared universe or anything where you can rehabilitate him. And I'm pretty sure del Toro's moved on to other things,
0: and so is Pearlman. Yeah, so, was, I, yeah. I'm, I'd be really curious why they greenlit this, and I and I say that because the first two movies came out pre MCU, right? And it was in pre MCU was a, a bit of a different universe for comic book movies. Um, obviously, it was you know you still had the X Men movies around then, but it was still fairly fertile ground to basically um, play it safe. And I wouldn't say Hellboy played it safe, but it was fairly conventional, and and. The audience generally liked it. I think the Rotten Tomato score were were pretty decent, especially for the second movie. Yeah. Oh yeah, but neither movie, even by today, even by inflation, topped a hundred million. Um no. I, think the I mean they were movie, definitely niche,
1: like right as far as superhero movies go or comic book movies.
0: Right, so you know, Hellboy back then, pre MCU, was something a little bit, you know, a little bit different and uh, and something fairly unique. Now you know 10 years later <laughs> in a world where the mcu and we got infinity you know the end game you know yeah. looming i just i don't i really want to know what the movie studios were thinking green lighting this you know because again best case scenario it's a 20 million dollar opening weekend and it ends up with you know 50 million that's best case scenario and their budget i think alone was 50 million <laughs> i
1: mean i think i think it's it might be as simple as you know studios aren't Quick to part with intellectual property that they already have their you know hands-on that's been successful at the box office previously uh there's so much demand for content nowadays whether it's on tv streaming or you know in the movie theaters so so if you got something like stick with it and try to reboot it and refresh it even if it's
0: hellboy or you mm -hmm. know something like fantastic four you know So, so i hear you on that um and again, I think, I mean, so they can wish that all you want. The numbers just didn't really support this movie. Well, I'm not saying money. it's a good um,
1: <laughs> theory. It's I, like that's right. the business model, so to speak. Well,
0: but again, there's so many different avenues to make content now. I really, the, Hellboy would be an interesting Netflix series or, you know, Hulu, wherever you want to put it. Like a, a, Hellboy would be an interesting TV show because you could do, it's, it, it's episodic. You, you could make it episodic in nature yeah. if you just want to do that. Um, and I think you have a little bit more room to play around with the universe. Like, when you have two hours, you're basically going all in on Hellboy's profanity and some of the, cra- the you know, just outlandish act- action. And Guillermo del Toro is a wizard at kind of doing that in a two-hour space. But a typical director just isn't, so.
1: Yeah, uh-huh. I mean, it, uh, it's one of those things where maybe it would be a good TV series. But, it, you know, at the same time, maybe it's one of those things where if the studio doesn't make a movie or do something with the character it loses the the rights to make a movie in the future
0: yeah but so that that could be and i think what i'd say is all those rights renegotiated you know as as we know um so i think we spent enough time talking about a movie that did 12 12 million in in its opening weekend um let's recap our predictions uh, for the last couple yes lots so we made, we made predictions on Shazam and Pet Cemetery, and we split Yes, we that. did. So you you nailed Shazam. Shazam nailed Shazam. An, Shazam had an excellent opening weekend. Um, and I had an excellent prediction. Yes, you did. And it was Shazam ended up at 53.5, and I believe you predicted 52? I predicted 53. Thank you very much. No, you were 10 above me. I went 40. Really? I thought I, I, I went said, 42. I'm sure 52. I said
1: 53.
0: I was, I was within a million. All right. So, uh, that's I just ex- love
1: fudging the numbers,
0: yeah. No, 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 that's fine, it doesn't really matter. You, you know, you, you won, you won the movie, so that's all that ultimately matters. The um, so an excellent showing for Shazam, uh, obviously buoyed by its you know 90% plus Rotten Tomato score. Uh, there's clear buzz among the comic book fans to go see this movie, yeah. It was fun, uh, you know. It, it, I, I listed the headwinds why I went low on it, and it clearly, I think, the 90% just kind of neutralized all those headwinds. Um, so excellent job by the Shazam guys. We will definitely see a sequel. Um, and we'll see, and we'll see where that goes. Pet Cemetery, on the other hand. Uh, I won that movie. Uh, you know, neither of us were particularly close. We were, we were both bullish. Yeah. Yeah. We were both bullish on this. I guess 32 and you went 34 and it ended up at 24.5 million. Uh, I think so. I, I think there are two reasons, now, twenty four point five is a pretty solid result. I don't. I would. Yeah. It's not a. Bo- it's definitely not a bomb. Um,
1: I, I think a lot of times, though, usually um, horror movies tend to like
0: overperform expectations, and this one kind of underperformed. Yeah, I think so. I think there's two possible reasons. So one is us. I think. I think us definitely was a factor, and I think mm-hmm. us had thirteen Possibly. million weekend. So even if half of that was cannibalized, that's you know six million right there that it would bring it to thirty million um and second is <laughs> the rotten the rotten tomato score was holding at around 80 percent you know for yeah. most of the pre-release pre pre-release reviews and then in the wednesday thursday friday it, dro- it, it, it dropped pretty precipitously like 20 points yeah. and it ended up like 58 percent
1: kind of um, kind of funny i uh when i i went to wrestlemania last weekend and when i left uh like you know my, my week my weekend from like Thursday through Monday was just kind of all that and before that like it was it was in the eighty percent range like you said and I didn't you know pay attention to much of anything else other than WrestleMania that weekend I get back to like normal life Monday and Tuesday mm. and check rotten tomatoes and I saw it was at like fifty nine percent I was like wow, that really took a
0: dive. <laughs> Yeah, and I think in perhaps the reviews, I think especially the later reviews kind of said it's it's more um, atmospheric than scary. Um, which atmospheric is fine by me, but me it's I, I guess the cl- it's, there's a, probably a big segment of horror fans that that turns that off. They probably consider that boring. Um, so that may have had an impact as well. Again, twenty four point five is a pretty—it's a pretty decent result for um, you know for a horror movie, especially you know two three weeks after Us and you know a couple weeks before uh, Infinity uh, in, uh Endgame. So it's just it's just a little interesting because uh, again, as you said, Ken, first horror movie to underperform in, in quite a while. Um, followed by so again last week we just talked about Hellboy. Um, I. So Ken, for curious reasons, decided to not make a prediction and essentially forfeited the week to me. So I'll take credit. Uh,
1: interesting.
0: But I made, but I made my I don't prediction on Twitter. Doing that. <laughs> yeah, I uh, made my prediction on Twitter about fourteen million for Hellboy. Came in at twelve, and I uh, made a bonus prediction, which will not go in the win loss record, but that Little would finish ahead of Hellboy, which also held true. So I uh, had, had a good prediction weekend last weekend. So. Coming up this weekend, we have one main release coming out. Um, well, at least one release we're going to talk about, which is the horror, another horror movie. Speaking of La, La- the Curse of La Llorona, which is, um, I guess, it's in the Conjuring universe. Uh, I don't quite understand. Yeah, that's that's what that's what they're making it seem out to be. I think. I know uh, James Wan's a producer, and there's a few reviews that sort of made reference to that, and they might just yeah. be saying that because it's james wan's involvement so like anything right. james wan does is in the conjuring universe including aquaman like aquaman might be in the conjuring universe so you know, actually
1: that'd know. be kind of awesome if it was
0: <laughs> the trench i mean the trench, the trench yeah exactly to, i don't know but uh yeah. <laughs> so um hmm. yeah so so it's a horror movie it's about the the mexican legend of la Llorona. for those who don't know i will recap it real quickly which That's is good, based- i'm one of them <laughs> So it is, so it's basically the legend deals with um, basically a uh, man and woman get married. Uh, the woman enters the marriage poor. The man was rich. And the husband basically, they have two kids. And the husband basically decides to leave his wife for another woman. And the mom in um, revenge is too soft a word here, but I guess in like in a fit of, Fury decides to take it out on her kids and drowns her kids in it. Oh, lovely. Yes, yes. And so uh, the legend goes that uh she's you know obviously not allowed into heaven as a result. And who's ever manning the gates of heaven, I might be messing this part of the legend up, so forgive me. Um, but they tell her you have to find your kids and you have to make it right. So oh my goodness. She's wandering the earth looking for her kids and um and she, you know, in as a result, I'm, this part I'm a little unclear on. As a result of looking for a kid, she also kills other kids that she runs into uh, and mm-hmm. stuff. So,
1: so it's a real family-friendly, heartwarming.
0: <laughs> story,
1: by the sound of it,
0: and uh, interesting to me, she's actually appeared in quite a few other movies and uh, TV shows. I think she was featured in a Supernatural episode, and she's been involved in other things. But this is and other movies. Uh, but this is obviously. The first wide release feature of her in, in quite a while um, so you know it's um, so I'm expecting so this is obviously geared towards a Latino, uh, Latino audience um, I expect this will be pr- horror movies are generally front loaded um, I think this will be particularly front loaded particularly with uh, Avengers Endgame coming next week um, Ken anything you want to add to that are you, nope. <laughs> would you would you go see that? Do you have any interest in We're, I, not, we're not gonna, I see, have, don't see game for this. Uh, yeah, but we're not, any interest um, not really.
1: I, I, I'd heard about this probably half a year ago, uh, on Facebook. Uh, just you know, it it popped up in my, my timeline, uh, like something that, uh, like a family member or friend was interested in. And so I was like, oh, that's... I was mildly curious about it. And then I saw the reviews coming up for it on Rotten Tomatoes. And it feels like a pass for me.
0: Yeah, it's... Probably a pass for me. If um, this this would be a date movie um, for me, uh, because and I'll admit, if we were doing see or don't see, and James Wan was a character, it was a category. I'm, I'd be probably a three. You know, I'm all in on James Wan, generally speaking. So and I, I go in knowing it's probably not very good, but you know, it's gonna. I mean, the thing is, he's only a producer though. Oh, totally. Yeah. I just producer. He could be the key grip. I'm still in like, that's, that's just where I am with James Wan right now. Uh, (laughs) So, you know, I, I think it would be possible. I'm not, I'm certainly not running out to the theater to see this. Uh, It would have to be like, you know, third, fourth weekend out and like nothing else in the theater. I shouldn't say nothing else, but it'd probably be the last horror movie, you know, in the theater. I'd be like, Oh, let's, eh, why not? Let's check it out. Uh, let's make some quick predictions, Ken. The Curse of La Llorona tracking is somewhere in the fifteen to twenty million range. Um, what you got? I'm going to say fourteen million. Fourteen. I'm going to go. I'm going to go higher than you. Um, again, it, it's it's a weird weekend, um, particularly for a horror movie. But I'm I'm going eighteen on this. I think mm. the La Llorona curse has some headway um at least has some name recognition and i think there's gonna be some curiosity factor um for really? the minority audience uh so i'm gonna do 18 i'm gonna do 18 on this you've, you've seen the rotten tomato score right i have 30, i i understand 33 okay. okay yep yep I, I say that knowing full knowing what the rotten tomato score is oh and that reminds me uh a couple quick reviews for la lorona uh this is randy cordova from arizona republic there's no sense of dread or impending doom. Instead, it's just one jolt after another. It's like having someone jump out at you every five minutes and about as much fun. That was a two and a half out of five, five score. Uh, positive re- That was a ne- So that was a negative review. Positive review. La Llorona may have played it safe when it comes to classic horror, but it's a good installment into the expanding Conjuring universe. So, because there's the Conjuring un- universe. Yeah, I guess. I don't know uh one more negative review the curse of la Llorona is another film oh so sorry that positive review is from sharonda williams from pay or wait uh this negative review is from preston barda from fresh fiction the curse of la Llorona is another film in the conjuring universe that suffers from idiotic characters and a lack of genre innovation so so i think all right so uh we'll we'll probably end up splitting the difference on this one (laughs) yeah it'll be like 16 million yeah probably uh, let's take, before we get to our next segment, let's take a quick break for a word from our sponsors. We are brought to you by Sing for Hope. They are a 501c3 charity. They do a number of uh, things in, in terms of uh, bringing music to underserved communities. They make custom pianos and, and I saw one at Broadway Con this year. They are beautiful. They'll custom tailor it for each uh, community that they bring the school to. The Sing for Hope Pianos places artist design pianos throughout New York City's parks and public spaces for anyone and everyone to play. Each summer, the pianos bring individuals and communities together in an open festival of art for all. After the time on the streets, Sing for Hope transports the instruments to New York City public schools, where they become hubs for Sing for Hope's ongoing creative program and enrich students' lives for years to come. This is a great organization. Uh, they bring music wherever and whenever they can, especially to those who uh, who can't afford it. Uh, if you want to volunteer, um, you can be a professional actor or even just an amateur singer, a budding playwright, or award-winning poet. Uh, there's a place for you on their artist roster. You can sign up online. Um, Attend an orientation and share your art. To find out more, go to www.singforhope.org. That's www.singforhope.org. They also take donations. Again, they're a 501c3 charity, 100% tax deductible. We are also brought to you by the Onstage Blog Podcast Network. Uh, Onstage brings you podcasts regarding all things movie and theaters, they have podcasts, including "It's a Theater Thing," "The Ripple Effect," hosted by uh, our own Ken Jones. We are taping a we are taping a podcast this week. Am I right? Yes. we well, going to be doing uh, Zoolander. Yeah. So be be ready for that. Probably, we'll uh, probably we're not going to do an Easter. We're not going to publish that on Easter Sunday, right? No, it um, might come out Monday or Tuesday. <laughs> Look for that Monday or Tuesday. We have Movie Courts, uh, we have Desperately Seeking Entertainment, and then the flagship movie musical Shakedown, hosted by Chris Peterson. For all things movie and theater, you'll need to come to one place, the Onstage Blog Network. Now, back to the show. All right, Ken. So, right. I wanted to spend the rest of this podcast. There's kind of an interesting movie coming out next week. I'm not sure if you've heard oh, really? Of it. There's an Avengers movie coming out next week. What? <laughs> that just snuck up on me. Did you know it's a culmination of their ten-year history of uh, of movies? It's all leading what? up to this to this one. Yeah. Get out of here. And I'll tell you something else, Ken. What? T- tickets went on sale a couple weeks ago, and um, what? I think people want to see this movie.
1: Are you sure?
0: <laughs> you have some stats ready as far as the records uh, the tickets have. Have broke. Yeah. So correct? this
1: was this was a paragraph from an article posted on GameSpot that said CNBC reports that pre-sale tickets broke both first hour and first day records on Fandango and Adam Tickets. After a full week of sales, Endgame has pre-sold almost twice as many tickets as Star Wars: The Last Jedi, Avengers: Infinity War, Aquaman. And Captain Marvel put
0: together. <laughs> that's incredible. That's, I, that, <laughs> that's obscene. I know my own experience, and I'm sure a lot of people went through this. I mean I so I got on ten AM, I think, on that on the I forget the first day it came Oh out. yeah. But yeah, uh, no, I bought tickets day of as soon yeah, as they were available. I, I had to go on desktop because the mobile kept crashing. The mobile app oh, kept wow, crashing. Yeah. and um, But I got through on desktop pretty easily. And um, I was able – the Thursday night tickets are pretty much gone. There were a few, if I wanted, nosebleeds or like right yeah. up – nose up to the screen. Um, but I was able to get really solid seats for the Friday 7 o'clock IMAX showing. Nice. Um, which was – right. Get- Is that one 3D or not 3D? Not 3D. All Yeah, nice. Even better. Yeah, I'm not doing 3D. Um, so I, I was very lucky and I picked the right show in the right theater, I think. But I was checking that showing like two hours later, like 95% of the seats are sold out. Mm. And this is like three and a half weeks ahead of the showing. Um, I I haven't checked in a while. I have to. I, I know the last time I checked pretty much all Friday all of Thursday and most of Saturday were gone. This was like a week ago. Yeah. <laughs> you know? So, I, I mean, I remember I tweeted out this is right after The Force Awakens came out. And this is a tweet you made fun of me for, by the way, Ken, which was I, I made a tweet saying, like, I can't see any other franchise beating The Force Awakens, um, you know, but, uh, opening weekend, because The Force Awakens did like 248, I think, um, or it was 244. And, yeah. yeah, it blew, I think it blew Jurassic World out of the water. And yeah, you're right. And I remember you, you tweeted at me something along the lines of, oh, you think so, Doc? You know, like, you know, and, <laughs> and I was like, I don't know. I mean, Marvel could do it. But the, why I didn't think Marvel could do it was civil. The box office for Civil War scared me off because that was a movie that had a really sexy plot right avengers fighting each other and stuff and that opening weekend was only like 170 i think only <laughs> only right but significantly lower than the avengers so it was significantly lower well, than 200 right so i
1: think i think there might be a difference between the avengers movies and then the individual avenger char- uh, character movies but i don't know that for sure
0: yeah no it just might my, my that that kind of made me think that, oh, I mean, they're just, I mean, even just to get back up to 200 would be, a you know, would be an achievement. You know, never mind 250. And then, of <laughs> course, you know, Infinity War beats, you know, The Force Awakens. And, I mean, we'll make our official predictions for Endgame <laughs> next week. But, I mean, is there any doubt this is going to set the all-time opening weekend record? Uh, oh, you know what? Honestly, that's a good question
1: because <laughs> of the runtime. That is, that is a variable. There's... I mean, they're they're showing it uh, at my local theater on something like four screens, five screens at once, including one on IMAX. Yeah, yeah. So that kind of
0: offsets the three-hour runtime. And which don't, is it, a three-hour runtime. So there's stories that theaters are. This is the first time they're ever going to do this. They're going to have four a.m. screenings
1: <laughs> to handle what? capacity at four a.m. I got an IMAX screening at, that starts at ten fifteen PM, which means it'll get over at like one thirty in the morning. <laughs> Imagine, like, they don't really do midnight screenings
0: anymore, oh, right, on Thursdays? Right. But right. it would
1: have been over,
0: after three AM. <laughs> if that were yeah, I it. mean, it's. I mean, honestly, three hundred million is outlandish but it's not it is it's not totally out of the question for yeah (laughs) for this it's not it's it's unlikely i would say it's still unlikely given everything going on but it's 300 million is not out of the question it's in play (laughs) so we're gonna we're gonna save uh see don't see uh for next week uh we'll have a very special edition of that i (laughs) um if any if if our scores come up less than the max, I think there's going to be something wrong <laughs> with yeah. the categories, but we'll go through that anyways. Um, I want to do a different type of game with you, Ken, though. Okay. So, I'm curious
1: about this one. Yes. how it
0: goes. So, the game is, I'm going to tell you what the Rotten Tomato score of Endgame is, and you tell me what you think the plot is going to end up being, given oh, what the score is, okay? Uh so not sure i like this game. maybe not so not the pop a like what's it gonna turn out to? like what's gonna happen at the end that would merit this the game the the movie being scored you know x or y x or y or z so let's start saying ken i'm gonna tell you i've looked at all the critics reviews and out of 300 reviews it has a 99 percent rotten tomato, <laughs> tomato score what do you think happens what do you, what do you think happens to the, uh, I,
1: I don't even know if i can imagine that like it's just at that point i i'm probably just like self-combusting and you know so at that point that probably that might be the worst case scenario for me because it might set my expectations so high, right? Where it's right, like right. I
0: can't even imagine what the outcome might be, right? So I, if 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 it's a ninety-five percent or higher, I think this hat. I think there's have to be a lot of character deaths. Like I, I, I think a lot that's of
1: character deaths probably yeah that are
0: executed really
1: really well. It's but like also st- you have to feel like they they stick the landing.
0: Correct. Yes. Right. Oh. I mean everything has to be flawless for them to be you know ninety-nine percent. But I think you're really looking at a very emotional, super, super emotional, like final act. And, um, and obviously, them sticking the landing in some sense. Okay. Next. I tell you, the Rotten Tomatoes score of this movie is 50%. All right. Now, keep mm. in mind, the lowest Rotten Tomato score out of all the MC- MCU movies is, is Thor the Dark World. And I believe that was 62%. I'm going to double check that right now. But So I'm telling you, this is going to end up being the lowest uh, Rotten Tomato score out of all the MCU movies. What do right. you think? Yeah, so. um, oof. What do you think the problem is? Or what do you think? How, how do they, you know, basically. St- Bampka
1: you know. Jansen shows up as the Dark Phoenix and. <laughs> 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 and like disintegrates like tony stark like on the spot <laughs> oh wait we're getting that later with yeah 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 probably, no, that's very probably like uh right. some, you know somebody else in, in tony stark's place
0: yeah so if it's 50% it 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 pretty much tells me it's probably i would guess it's actually super action oriented I, I don't think the critics are gonna would like that too much if it's just like wall to wall action and not great action. Like it's just sort of like really cartoonish, spacey action, um, yeah. like overly CGI um, action. That would be my, that would be sort of where I would go if it was around a Rotten Tomato, you know, a uh, that that level of score. And it's you know maybe a little corny and ending, you know, maybe where everything wraps up a little too neatly. Um, like there's
1: a lot of like slow motion stuff and. <laughs> Like they really drag out to three hours or, and the people are like that could have been 90 minutes. <laughs>
0: right. No, correct. There was
1: no way that needed to be three hours. Right, right, right,
0: right. It's like okay. it's like a
1: Zack Snyder kind of movie.
0: <laughs> right. Right. All right. Last one. I tell you the rotten tomato score of this movie is eight percent. Eight percent Rotten Tomatoes score. And I'm saying, why is
1: Hellboy Dressed up as an Avenger. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, 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 I can't imagine a world where that happens. So- <laughs> I don't want to live in that kind of world. That would, that would be the darkest timeline.
0: So I, I think um, if that happened, I'd, I'd have to assume that it was, like, the first hour and a half like, a clip show where they just do highlights. It's all a recap. Right, right. Previously on The Avengers.
1: <laughs> right, right. And then, like, so it's, like, it's, like, a TV series in a movie. So, like, there's a clip show, which is the first, like, hour. And then the second hour is a bottle episode. Right. And then
0: the third hour is just like whatever. Who knows? A rushed ending, you know, like right. you know, something stupid, like Ant Man, you know, crawling up Thanos's butt. <laughs> <you> know, like, <laughs> <laughs> still
1: some people it. would contend the best and only way to defeat Thanos yeah
0: I, I actually wanted to save that for our fan theory section <laughs> but I for me that would be where I'd go for an eight uh, Tomato. would you want to see it if it was an eight percent that's why I wanted to ask you so I put up a twitter yeah. poll and I said if you if you saw the rotten tomato score is less than 20 percent would you go see this opening weekend assuming you hadn't bought pre you know right. pre-sales and stuff my Twitter poll was a hundred percent yes. Yeah, that they could still go see it. I don't. If it, if it was less than twenty percent, I mean, again, dog shit movies are less than twenty. I mean, again, Hellboy is fifteen percent, which is by all accounts like a dog, you know, a dog shit. Movie. Yeah. Um, I mean, part of me would want to see the the car wreckness of it, you know? Right, right, and it's funny because you know, Superman versus Batman got it was like you know high 20s so not quite in the train wreck area but still like review you know what
1: this would be in the range of i think would be uh spider-man 3 but like 100 times worse (laughs) right right. because if you look at the reviews for spider-man 3 that was at like 60 percent right 63 maybe right um but the first two were, were like 80 something and 90 something. Correct. And then, and then everyone, like, I was deeply affected by and disappointed by Spider Man 3. Uh, right. So, this, like, right. that had three movies. This has 19, 20 movies of built, 21 movies of build up.
0: Right. And all and of them be are 60%. That bad would, 67. Right. Right. all of them are fresh according to the rotten tomato yeah. score so, so it, would if be, it were that bad it would just be such a it, letdown it would be shocking no it would yeah. truly be shocking like it, it might blow twitter up if <laughs> you know if that if that were to happen um <laughs> so well well i guess we'll just uh I, i'm i'm guessing they're gonna lift the embargo on i don't know what you know when did they do it for infinity war was it uh, thursday? did they wait till thursday or was it tuesday i don't remember they might wait till Thursday on this because they they know it's not gonna matter. So it's uh, I don't you know, in terms if, of... if it's not going to matter, then
1: <coughs> then they might just they might we might be starting to see them this weekend.
0: Well, I, I'm thinking that the only reason I'm thinking they wouldn't is for spoilers. Like if they they you know they don't no. want wise ass critics to. I don't know.
1: think I don't think that uh, critics are gonna are gonna spoil this. There's people on Twitter that are trying to spoil <laughs> right, it. Right, right. And there's a whole like hashtag don't spoil avenger or you know keep don't spoil uh endgame
0: right right going on yeah and uh yeah which is really kind of, it's yeah it's really kind of disappointing uh especially for a movie like this that we have jerks out there yeah. trying to, yeah. but that it comes with the territory so our last section uh, of this podcast i wanted to just get into some some fan theories um that just kind of really enjoyed as far as, you know, fans guessing how Endgame's going to shake out. And uh, and this is a good segue because I'm not getting any fan theories that could particularly spoil the movie. These are all just pure conjecture. These aren't based on leaks. These aren't based off of any spoilers at all. It's just fans speculating based off of what happened in Infinity War, you know. So, okay, I just wanted to read a few out to you and I wanted to get your reaction sure. to it. Hey, so real quick. Yes.
1: From quick Google search, uh, April 23rd is what I've read
0: that the embargo lifts. So Tuesday. Is that Tuesday? Yes. That makes sense. That's when they usually lift the embargo. It's a Tuesday yes. before. So So the first fan theory I, can, I wanted to run by you is there's a fan theory that Thanos is going to team up with the Avengers <laughs> to stop some like bigger bad out there. That's... Oh, yeah. No, I had heard this one. <laughs> yep.
1: <laughs> um
0: yeah, go ahead. I'm. I you know th- this is a theory I do not like. Um, you no. know I know Marvel likes making their villains sort of kind of heroic or at least somewhat right. sympathetic. sympathetic. I think this is yeah. a bridge too far. I think that might uh,
1: be a bridge too far. Yeah. I need
0: to s- I need to see Iron Man, Cap, and Thor beat up Thanos. Real good. Or I the don't
1: Hulk. know how you get more villainous than eliminating half the population <laughs> of the
0: universe. Right. Right. Um, <laughs> oh,
1: this guy shows up he wanted to eliminate sixty percent of the universe. Yeah right.
0: <laughs> We have to we have to band together right. right. Stop this man. <clears throat> um, another one says that doctor that the basically the entire almost the entire infinity war movie was a time loop set up by Dr. Strange, doctor Strange. Um, to sort of bide time to do something else um, while, the Avengers were stuck battling Thanos. Um, let's see.
1: Have, so that's an interesting one. Could they have, could he have made, cause I actually, I just watched Dr. Strange again yeah. last night as I'm making my way through the uh, MCU uh, one more time. Yeah. And, and he has that like, like glass world that he creates. Right. To, could he make one the size of the universe? i feel like that's sort of a cop-out if, it, if would there's cop-out but again like yeah. anything that 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 undoes uh the end of infinity war which is we're expecting i, I assume we expect to happen would, would feel kind of like a cop-out right
0: yeah i mean i guess it depends if time travel is heavily involved uh or not um, what about I think, what about interdimensional travel? Yeah, or the quantum, the quantum realm. The quantum like, realm. Like, I, I think I'm okay with that. That doesn't feel like a cop out to me okay. because it's sort of like, well, how else would you, you know, do right. it? Uh, unless you, like you go into the Soul Stone world and just free them somehow, which would be, which would be fine. Um, hmm. But uh, let me see, what else do I have here?
1: I mean, they, they've got Ant Man still in play, and he's been to the quantum realm. Right. And, and they've got, they like, Doctor Strange is did not survive the snap. Correct. Uh, but they, uh, I forgot the guy's name, Wong is still in play, I believe. Maybe, maybe uh, not. Yes, know. he is, yes. Yeah, I know, he's on the poster, right? Yes. Yeah, so he's in play. So maybe they can do something dimensionally with him. Who
0: knows? Yeah, I I just right there. So there's a lot of fan theories about Doctor Strange sort of playing tricks or right, you know, setting up mirror universes or he's going to pull shenanigans. That's sort of like what we thought happened didn't really happen because Doctor Strange Mm. did this or that. Um, I just I think that's bad storytelling. I think the Kevin Feige and uh, the Russo brothers are just too smart to kind of do do something like that. So Mm. I mean, it is sort of an issue with any movie involving Doctor Strange because he's so freaking powerful. Powerful, that, like, right. You kind of have to figure out a way to limit that ability of, of him to be able to just sort of, well, why couldn't he see this coming? Or why couldn't he do this or that? Um, let's see. Oh, yeah. See, here's another one. Doctor Strange lets this all happen on purpose, which is sort of kind of – I mean, he kind of did. Yeah, that's implied. <laughs> right. I mean, that's – um he said there was one outcome that worked and then at, he
1: also said we're in the end game now yeah and yeah the title of the movie is end game
0: yeah i like the theories about how um i don't yeah I his get, butt? this is a little <laughs> actually that uh the one i was about to read is a little spoil <laughs> spoilery because i think it's true well, it's, so, it's or, not really spoilery because it's all it's all speculation Unless well, this speculation this is based on off stuff of, that's already leaked. Well, it's based off of toy toy sets and stuff, which I don't okay. Want to get so there to. is there
1: is that. Yeah. Know.
0: So I just I won't do that in this podcast. Um, the only, a,
1: I, I had one one toy related thing that was spoiled for me, but that yeah. that was yeah,
0: yeah. Minor, minor really. Yeah, I think yeah I, I, it was. It just tells you where where probably a big action set piece is going to happen. It doesn't tell you what, but uh,
1: oh okay. No, the only I, one, the only, the only toy-related thing. I don't think, uh, I. We can cut this if we need to. Uh, I saw a picture probably, I don't know, October or November last year of a toy with Hulk in one of those white suits that right, they have in the trailers. Right. right. Yeah
0: so there's a few fan theories about um loki that he's not really dead or he's he's mm. masquerading as the hulk um mm. i've even seen some about the scrolls being involved and how some of the avengers are secretly scrolls uh mm. again I, I think that's really lazy storytelling i, yeah, I just I don't think like that any other than that i think loki should be dead um you know it's it would be pretty lame if once again he's not <laughs> you know he's not dead or not really tricked yeah, yeah. So, and it kind of makes Thanos look like a fool if he, <laughs> if he's not really dead. So here's what I really like, which is, um, if time travel is uh, going to happen, then so you have the possibility of seeing some old, some people come back, and mm. uh, so there's some possibilities, you know, like it, we might we might see. Um, who's in dr strange the ancient one so you might the see ancient the Ancient one. one she's in the cast list so that's not particularly the, she supportive. also has a, she also has
1: a voiceover in the trailer
0: yes so one possibility that i honestly forgot about was quicksilver like could quicksilver make an appearance you know if oh, there's time travel involved um that'd be kind of cool because quicksilver a little bit overdone as a character and i think his power just from storytelling is a little lazy, particularly when X-Men in the X-Men movies, you know, where he's like so super fast that he can like, you know, <laughs> like do anything he wants. Basically. Mm. I always thought Marvel treated him a little bit better where he was like fast, fast, but not like so fast that he could do like 10 jumping jacks while you know, a drop of rain is falling, you know, from a finger to the ground. Yeah. Um, so uh, I think it'd be kind of cool if he's being, yeah, and then you could see Scarlet witch and see how, you know, how they react and stuff
1: yeah. like that. I mean, looking at the cast list, there's there's three that stand out to me. Uh, there's the ancient one, which you mentioned, yeah, and her having a voiceover in the trailer. So, I'm pretty sure that's also new dialogue. It's not it's not uh, lifted from Doctor Strange, so right. someone's having an interaction with her
0: mm-hmm. at
1: some time. Yeah, uh, there's also Crossbones is listed in the cast list,
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, and also Valkyrie. Right. So. That tells me that either, you know, uh, you know, Crossbones died at the beginning of Civil War. Correct. So there's got to be something involved with with time travel in some capacity. I would think.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So uh, there's a couple about Nebula. And uh, I think the Nebula ones are based off of what happens in the comics. I I think she's the one that or at least in one of the versions kills Thanos. uh, Yeah.
1: Or takes the, the gauntlet from him, I think.
0: Yeah, I, I think way. there's, I think there's a storyline where, like Thanos literally just like leaves it like flying around as he's like cooking dinner or something, and you know, <laughs> like, Nebula just sort of walks in and like, oh, here it is. You know, I don't think he's gonna be doing that in this. <laughs> well, he is living on the retirement farm, according to the trailer, and just sort of chilling out and, uh, you know, making crops. Yeah, he's like walking
1: yeah. through a like a a field with like the gauntlet on his hand, and it's it's pictured like uh, Russell Crowe walking <laughs>
0: through the field and clapping. Yes. Yeah, well, you know, Thanos probably has a good 401k, and uh, he's probably, you know, got his estate all set up, and, uh, you know, he can think fondly about his his adventures of wiping out half the universe, so... Uh, let me see. I think that's about it. There's a few again that are just a little too spoilerly for me to kind of get into. It's some ridiculous like Nova. Nova will make an appearance and like Lady Death, and it just who cares? I mean, it's I I don't. Yeah. I'd be very surprised if they just introduce some randos, you know, into the right. last movie and with a meaningful yeah, it, appearance. Um,
1: yeah, I even even introducing Captain Marvel at a late stage. I, I don't think you can go much past her yeah. in terms of. Introducing important new characters at the stage.
0: I know there's what there's what I saw that were like the X Men are going to be introduced and Fantastic Four and Disney's going to bring them all in. I'm oh yeah sure let's just you know yeah I don't I don't think so. (laughs) Let's bring let's bring Venom in while we're at it. (laughs) (laughs) Let's just you know. I was actually. I wouldn't be entirely opposed to that. I think that's if in the It's te- Tom Hardy. I think that's in the 8% rotten tomato scenario <laughs>
1: probably. Category. But I mean there was something I I wasn't a huge fan of that movie but there was something about Tom Hardy's performance in that where he especially voicing Venom that just uh I got a kick out of and yeah, I'm not yeah, he goes Venom for it, it,
0: you know. Yeah. He really goes for it. <laughs> All right, well let's let's put a bow on this for now. We will be back next week for a full-fledged preview of Avengers: Endgame. We will have uh, predictions. We will do see, don't see.
1: Are we gonna uh, do a deep dive on on Avengers next week because I got some theories of my own. Oh yeah, I've, sure. I've been I've been dissecting some of the trailers, like the Zaprooter film,
0: <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah, we can. Yeah, we can absolutely do. It. We can absolutely do that. Uh, do that next week, and uh, we may have a special guest uh, next week as well. Oh, geez. Uh, I know, I know, I know. And um, so, yeah, it'll, it'll be the uh, the moment we've been waiting for. It's funny when I um, I remember was it what movie did they announce the Avengers movies? Was it after Iron Man? Was it right after Iron Man? Uh oh, I don't know. Or was it the first Avengers movie? It might have been after Incredible Hulk because. Uh...
1: Well, yeah, because I think Stark shows up in the end credits after
0: that. I don't think they announced Infinity War until the first Avengers movie because I remember thinking it was two thousand twelve. Oh,
1: oh I thought you meant Avengers out. in general.
0: No, no, no. I
1: meant uh, the Infinity,
0: like the whole plan. Oh,
1: yeah. No, it was definitely end of Avengers. Well, I don't know about Infinity War specifically, but they did have Thanos
0: right. in the end Had credits that, of, of
1: Avengers.
0: But I just remember thinking, like, wow, Infinity War is like six years away, six, seven yeah. years away. It is so far away, but it'll be amazing when it gets here. And it's and just it hard to. Like it feels like yesterday. <laughs> yeah, no, it does. And it's like next week, you know, it's yeah. it'll finally... finally here. Whatever it uh... takes, Greg. <laughs> Whatever. <it> takes. <laughs> All right. All right, folks, that's a wrap. Uh, again, join us. Join. Thank you for joining us this week and join us next week for uh, Avengers Endgame Box Office Preview. Uh, Ken, anything you want to plug very quick?
1: Uh, nope, we're going to be doing the uh, Zoolander podcast uh, for the Ripple Effect, probably recording Thursday, and that'll come out early next week. All right. And leave a review on iTunes.
0: Yes, leave a review. Five stars, five stars, please. All right. Thanks, Ken, so much. We'll see you. Bye. Yes. Okay. Uh the first one I wanted to read to you. So again, this this will be non-spoilery. Sp- spoil spoilery. I can never say that word. Spoilery. Uh, <laughs> oh, hang on, my browser just crashed. On, oh boy. <laughs> uh, let's see. mm Come on. Podcasting. <laughs> Leave all? it all in. Oh, yeah. <laughs> hmm. What's the Yankee score here? Let's see. <laughs> uh, this isn't the one I wanted. Shoot. <laughs> Why does this happen to me? Uh, we're going to close. i oh, sorry. Now where is it? Oh, come on. Load. <laughs> Keep it all I can.
1: All right. We'll, we'll, we'll patch some of this on to the end. <laughs>
0: I need a new laptop. All oh. right, let's close this. Okay, is this what I want? Gonna... Here we go. Okay. Okay. So, oh, shoot, come on.